0: Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week we're talking about something that I've mentioned throughout the podcast series but haven't actually gone into depth before. Uh, I'm talking about anime. Animation, whatever you want to call it. Americans call it cartoons. Uh, anime is known in the Eastern world and it should be just be classed as an all-round, you know, animation animation what is animation animation is the idea of like digitally uh, enhanced or even you know the old school way of doing t- 2d animation uh, in the idea of making a design or a or a drawing come to life almost uh, that is not the uh, Oxford dictionary definition of <laughs> of anime but is an animation is is a moving? drawing basically and it's it's my definition although be it a basic one but for me anime uh, wasn't introduced to me until I was around 18 uh, back in like 2013 2014 time Uh, I was introduced to it one of the first series I ever watched was this show called Bleach it's one of the big three anime shows Uh, you've got Naruto as the other one and you've also got One Piece as the other Uh, those three are basically the uh three seat like three series of anime that are most well known apart from dragon ball z of course and if you class it as anime pokemon as well these are very 90 for for kids born in the 90s or in the early 2000s you'll recognize these names for those who aren't these were prevalent like animations that basically built the industry to what it is today Uh, and you would also class these as making the series part of anime popular but the the film side of things was as I've mentioned before some of my favorite films of all time are created by great animation studios like Studio Ghibli and Disney for that matter as well And as much as people want to give Disney a lot of flack they are the builders of animation they are the builders of some of the best uh, animations to ever be created period because they started it so early on maybe the the granddaddy of it uh, and studio jubilee just took it that much further with character building and more relatability in a story sense and so you've got stories like princess mononoke that are fantastical and uh, have you know, forests coming to life and great warhogs going to war and wolves that uh, have the ability's heads to be cut off and still bite people's arms off. I know, it, you know, incredible. And so these animations, although incredible and fantastical, have characters that are relatable. You have some of these characters where the female characters, even though the films were released in the pre-2000s, were strong individual women who fought for what they believed in. And obviously, if you look in film pre- 2000s and even in the early 2000s for that matter that is not the case and the characters are kind of two-dimensional and they aren't relatable to a lot of women nowadays they aren't relatable to those who want to set a path for themselves and go out there and kick ass and take names and so when I saw Hayao Miyazaki making characters that were relatable whether it was the guys or the girls it is really important to be able to have characters that the The watcher can really dive into. And I think anime is underrated in that because some of the current seasons and series that have been released recently have got characters that provide us with such depth that it's very hard to go back to what we've had before or any other series where you're just watching uh, maybe something a little bit two dimensional and you realize that, you know, a lot of the film industry just provides you with razzle dazzle, you know, lots of sparkle and and boom and bang and sounds and, and not enough of, ah, do I relate? Do I understand what this character is going through? And can I truly, you know, enjoy this story? And all stories really come back to the original hero story. They always come back to a person developing and they go from, beginning to end. The person has a goal. Do the, What do they do to overcome the obstacles that get in their way to achieve that goal? And I think that some of the newer animation and even Haya Miyazaki Zaki and Disney in some sense provide you with that. I would definitely say that some of the uh, studios that Disney have acquired along the way have also provided us with that. And as much as Shrek gets knocked about and given the kick about how funny it is, it was for a lot of us a childhood movie that provided us with uh, a lot of love and joy because of how it made us feel. Because it was a character who was kicked to the side, put in the dirt and just wanted to be like, you know, loved and didn't want to feel like a monster and so you know there's these little things that we all forget and i really do personally uh enjoy the fact that we've found character development along the way with animation and we may have lost it within a lot of film but i think the animation industry is now pumping out so much product nowadays that is so successful that actually the film industry is going to have to catch up and they're going to have to catch up pretty quick because if, if the animation studios have been doing this since the 90s how are they going to continue to do it from nowadays where it's so prevalent to not have diversity within certain areas mm. big big ideas big ideas big dreams but anyway back to uh what i was saying earlier with you know the, the fantastic anime that's being produced today. Uh, one of the series that I've just continued to watch uh, was Attack on Titan. Attack on Titans in its final season. For those who don't know what Attack on Titan is, it is a show based around a ser- uh, like a, a civilization that are uh, locked within uh, three ring walls. And the reason why these walls were created was so that they could protect human civilization from these things called titans that were giant humanoid beings who ate human beings. Uh, And these giant humanoid beings had great strength and they could smash through walls. And the series starts off by one of the ring walls being destroyed by a giant titan, like a colossal titan. And it's the one the other ring within it is destroyed by a second titan that has armor on him and he's known as the armor titan the series progresses from there how this happens why this happens and by the final season it's climactic it's epic it's got a lot of um i would say uh, sort of Chips, no, not Chips, what the word, what I'm looking for, references to the original season, and I think a lot of viewers who watch it now, especially myself who watched the first season all this time ago, I believe it was released back in 2013, 2014, it was quite, uh, at the time it had a fantastic intro soundtrack that um, made us all go, whoa, that's incredible, and maybe I've got the chance to play a snippet of it now if I don't get immediately copyrighted, Um, but it was just really got it under your skin it was really you know snatched you out and the animation that came from it the characters i mean the main character we didn't a lot of this is is coming from what i've seen is that not everyone likes Eren when you first meet him but as you go along you start to understand you start to see progression in the character and i really enjoyed that and by the end He's just a very different person. But I'm not going to spoil it because I genuinely believe that it's worth watching. Uh, it's only four seasons. I say only. It's four seasons. And it's something like, I think we're at episode 70. Ooh, I'm going to say 73 around that. So it's probably going to be around 75 to 80 episodes. Uh, but I've, I've seen a lot more, you know, Naruto, I think something like a thousand episodes or something mad like that. So for a beginner, I, I think Attack on Titan is, is a, a semi good place to start. My favorite recommendation for most people to who want to get into anime or want a good recommendation to start off with is uh, got to be um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood always go for Brotherhood. Brotherhood is the better of the two. It is more complete. It's got fantastic characters. It's funny. It's quotable in so many means. There's so many memes within that show uh, that I use on a regular basis. For instance, there's they're not even major characters. There's two minor, minor characters, maybe semi-major one of them. One of them, they're both uh, muscular characters and there's a scene within the show where they muscle off against each other, and they pose, and they go, <laughs> and it's, and then after they finish posing off, they do like the the what the Americans call the soccer handshake, and what I just called the normal hand football handshake, and it is one of the hilarious manly moments. And if you, I, I think I'll just like for those who are just listening, I'm sorry I can't get you the picture for you, but for those watching, I'd ping up in the right hand corner here uh, a picture of this. It does really like the mustache the, the giant muscles and the hilarity behind these two quite uh, animated characters uh, going from very quiet characters to this moment of meeting someone else they respect is, is hilarious and whoever put the writing behind Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and this just one scene you know a couple of scenes throughout it where there's just fantastic humour in there uh, I, I genuinely think that if you can have humor placed throughout animation in something that is quite a serious show, because within Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, it starts off with the children uh, sacrificing blood and body parts to be able to bring their mother back from the dead. And the show starts from there. <laughs> so it's it it starts in quite a dark series it is quite dark in places it revolves around what i would actually class as probably if i was to believe in a god the most realistic version of what god is in this universe uh i think full metal alchemist has nailed it on the head Uh, i'm not gonna spoil the series but i am gonna give an idea of what that god is in the series the god non-feeling non emotional uh sees everything is a being of just it's almost like they're a guardian between the living and the dead and they ex- they don't look at human beings as like um like as people they see them as like body parts or as sacrifices or understanding and knowledge and they don't there's no sort of racism or anything like that it's just you either sacrifice this to be able to get that you can only ever get something unless you sacrifice to be able to get it and it's fascinating to see how that how the sort of writers have portrayed god because i think it is really the most accurate because it is unfeeling world there is no death and life there is no sadness or happiness it's just there very, uh, a lot. A lot of people probably don't find that reassuring, but to me, it's just a you know. If if I was to, and I do relate more to to Buddhism, so, but I think that there there is a section there that is very realistic for what uh, a semi cruel world would would represent there. Nonetheless, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, fantastic series, brilliant for beginners. I would totally recommend. So from there, I would go to, so Attack on Titan, Full Metal, Alchemist Brotherhood. Currently, uh, I'm also, I just finished the newest Netflix animation show that's completely crazy in, in how they've taken a game, which I've never played. I've never played League of Legends. But what they've created called Arcane League of Legends is fantastic as a show. Nothing to do with the video. Like There may be some references to the video game, but you don't have to know the video game to, to watch it. I had no idea about the game, never played it, never wanted to play it. But I watched the show and it's fantastic. It's got great characters who are tough in a world that has an a a city that has a lower city that's considered as lesser than the citizens who are in the upper city. It's got great characters who are from both upper and lower cities who have character development throughout the first season. There's a lot of fantastic fighting scenes with um, mechanical hammers and plasma energy um, shots being thrown through and flying skateboards and um, crazy characters as well. Uh, And I genuinely think that Whoever wrote it, uh, the use of 3D animation, although I'm not a 3D animation person, I don't really appreciate it as much as I do 2D. Um, I do really think that they've nailed it with this series, and it's epic beyond epic. And I recommend Arcane um, League of Legends to anyone who, who just wants to watch something that's six episodes. I think it's six or seven episodes long, so you can blast through it. And it's on Netflix and everyone has Netflix. Let's be honest, like the majority of people have Netflix. And I think that the reason why I liked it so much was because they didn't just have one main character. There was multiple characters within the show that you followed who felt like they could be the main character. They have so much development. They have so much depth to their character. You're seeing their. they're all given like a mini prologue. To how they start and then by the sixth episode you've already been given an end for all of them and you always feel some sort of emotional connection to to the majority of them uh, i think there's some characters in there who you innately hate as well you really dislike uh, and you don't you know you, you're not given a chance to like them afterwards uh, so i really enjoyed that and they've they've made not just black and white they've painted some gray in there and they've given questions for you to to answer yourself or questions that are left on cliffhangers as well. So really intriguing. So Arcane League of Legends, totally recommend that. I'm hoping for a season two. Uh I think it just got confirmed by the lead actress who does the voice for I think her name's uh Vi. Yeah Vi the character who's played by I think it's Haley who's in the new Hawkeye series. Uh she did she did a fantastic job in it. And uh i think that the next season has a lot to build upon and a lot to to really develop from the first season so yeah arcane league of legends definitely recommend that uh before i watch that i've talked about on this podcast before castlevania castlevania if you haven't watched it it's four seasons long it's on netflix it's built upon again from a video game called castlevania again once again you don't have to play the video game to watch it it's fantastic it's voiced one of the main characters i've talked about before is voiced by the guy who played um from the hobbit the lead dwarf and i, I can't remember his name for the life of me but he is uh, got a really uh, gravelly voice that goes really well with the lead character uh trevor belmont And Trevor's just got this fantastic dark humor. And I really enjoy in a dark show about vampires destroying the world and demons tearing people apart. There is some fantastic dark humor placed throughout it. Uh, For me personally, I love that. I love a good laugh when things are bad and they've got some some laughs thrown throughout it, especially when it's in like a high pressure scenario. There's nothing better than having a little bit of humor to lighten the mood, even when everyone around you is dying. Uh, and I think that what I'm showing between here is a difference between the American animation and the Japanese animation. Where I've talked about Full Metal Alchemist and talking about Bleach and talking about Attack on Titan, they're all Japanese animations that have that are subtitled uh, and dubbed. While Arcane, League of Legends, and in this case, Castlevania, they are originally English. And so it's really interesting to see that Netflix have taken some of these animation concepts and they've really chucked money into it. And it's really impressive to see that they aren't developed by Japanese, they are developed by uh, American companies and they're still bringing the numbers, they're still bringing the watches and they're still bringing out the fantastic content. I watched the film of The Witcher, and I believe i have got it written down here, the witcher nightmare of the wolf i really enjoyed it i really did i thought they um put a lot of uh it's a prologue to the original witcher series so if you've watched this the normal live action witcher series then this is a prologue to the guy who raised the main character within the witcher and so it's not, again you don't even need to watch the Witcher the original series to get this it's a really good animation on how the witcher how they're created their stronghold their livelihood and how what they do can sometimes backfire and have effects around the along the surrounding world and how that can be negative sometimes and it's really interesting to see how they play with different emotions i mean for me the main antagonist i just despised throughout the entire thing because it felt like everything she was saying was just got my heckles up and i was like no don't, don't say that which is always good that means that they're getting you emotionally they've written content where you're like, yeah, I'm going to dislike this character because of their choice. And they do try to bring you back. She, she, This character, the antagonist, they do try to give her some sort of redeeming feature at the end, but I feel like it was too late. By the time you got to that point, you would already disliked her for something like 50 minutes of the hour movie. And it was a bit too much to be able to, to come back and say, hey, you remember this person who you've hated throughout this entire movie? You know, feel bad for her in this moment. You're just like, nah. (laughs) So... Again, sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong. And I think in, in that case, you, you have to have little sprinklings, a little bit of a sprinkling of uh, feeling for certain characters to to get you to like them or to feel conflicted in how they do things. There's always a good anti-hero out there. I think The Witcher is a very good example of that, of being an anti-hero and not necessarily being the good guy, but also not necessarily being a bad guy. So yes, The Witcher, uh, Yes, Nightmare of the Wolf, also really, really good. Uh, a animation not by Netflix this time, it's done by, uh, I believe, Amazon Prime did this. I don't know the studio who are behind it, but uh, it's a very different animation style. Uh, once again, this is original English dubbed, so it's not subbed, it's not Japanese, it's uh, American again i believe it's american uh and you've got some really good voice actors in this uh the i believe the main character is uh is voiced by the gentleman from the walking dead uh yang is it i think it's yang i think i can't john yang no oh that's gonna kill me um Ah, I move on. But he's from The Walking Dead. He's the Asian gentleman who is in The Walking Dead who gets his head c- pummeled in. For those who didn't know that, you're, you've not watched The Walking Dead and it won't matter anyway. But uh, he's fantastic as the main character. He's uh, And then the show, I've not even mentioned, it's called Invincible. The show is called Invincible. The main character is a superhero who... Obviously, it's called Invincible. They start every episode with Invincible being spread across uh, across the screen. And it's a really, really, really cool concept. Although after I watched it, I did realize they've kind of taken the idea of a superhero world where everything's a little bit raw and a little bit more. Ah, We see more death and there's more blood and there's more people dying in it from uh, a couple of other shows. And I'm trying to think of it now. Um, Billy the Butcher is the show lead in the other show that I'm thinking of, also created by Amazon Prime. Uh, and it, fe- it felt like they are they built on that. but Invincible is still fantastic. it has got a uh, really interesting antagonist who you don't who you see as an antagonist, but he's also very close to the main character Invincible. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I am going to say this is that Invincible is a kid when you see him. He's in high school. And he's just getting his powers. And you see how he's trained by his dad. And as you see the series progress and he gets better and better and better. And by the end, he has to face off against this antagonist. And you're not sure whether he has the power to be able to do this after being beaten to a pulp multiple times by other bad guys. And so this show is fantastic because it doesn't make the main character like the show is called Invincible. Uh, And it is really intriguing to see. Uh, how they develop, they make some good humor. They do fail at one point. There is one character in the show who, as I watched commentary on the show, I agreed with, was that his the main character's girlfriend is, you know, I'm not going to hold my back. She's a bitch. Um, and it is the most, you know, annoying thing to watch. They made the entire show fantastic. And like they have this point where the girlfriend realized like tells the main character that she knows he's a superhero uh and when she tells him this he was like why have you been giving me such a hard time and it I it's like you know when you see the uppercase lowercase uh like um sort of sarcastic written and I felt like writing it's because you don't spend enough time with me that's what it felt like when she said that to him. Because it's like, you don't spit, you don't see me, you don't spend enough, and it was like, uh, yes, because I'm saving the world. Uh, and it's it was just, ho- I was just like, yeah, they did not write this character. If you if we wanted to feel sorry for her in any way, shape or form, or to re- re- relate to her in a relationship way, you've got to have, have not, she's got to have not known that he was a superhero, because... That at least, at least she wouldn't have known. But the fact that she knew and she still acted like a bitch towards him, uh, saying, "I wish you'd spend more time with me," while he's saving the planet from evil beings. Oh man! Anyway, I'm getting too far in, but it's just it, that that got me. Uh, every other character is fantastic uh, in the show, really is. They 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 did it, but she, they they cocked up on the girlfriend in this one uh, and made her a little bit too woke i'll call it and, and and just leave it at that so yes watch invincible uh, and just ignore the girlfriend throughout it <laughs> so invincible we've got to talk about Beastar. star now b star is a completely new concept i've seen in animation another completely different style all the all of the three past shows even four the first three very japanese animation style they have this similar style to them, but within Netflix, it has different animation styles to each show. And so, with Invincible, within Amazon Prime, it's, it's very cartoon. You know, if you were to read a comic book, you'd—that's the sort of style you can immediately imagine when you read when you watch the show. When you're watching the Witcher show, it's very gritty dark colors it's got a lot of sharp edges to the character's jawline imagine that and knees and elbows very sharp and then you've got within um i'm trying to remember what i said earlier attack and tag on it. ah uh-huh. league of legends imagine it as very animation from a video game so very square very blocky very um when when you see energy or when you see lightning or uh any sort of light it's a lot more flared and a lot more video gamey in that sense. I don't know how to describe the video game aspect apart from video gamey. Uh and then you've got within Beast Star, it's I don't even know how to describe it apart from very orange. Now (laughs) I'm checking (laughs) for very orange. One of the main characters happens to be a deer and he has coloured like that. But it's it's hard to describe actually the because all of the characters are animals. They all have uh, they're meant to be realistic towards the animal that they represent. So the main character is a wolf, uh, and he uh, when he's angry, he gets like red bloodshot eyes, and his claws sharpen, and his toes go out, and his his toe, you know toenails sharpen as well, and he gets bigger, and his fur puffs out. And they've done this fantastic thing within each animal they have a different reaction towards antagonism and anger and emotion and so it seems like lighter colors are placed around herbivores and then carnivores have a a redder more darker color because they resemble of the death and the eating of meat uh, and so there's a big thing within the show of Uh, carnivores eating herbivores and the fear between them living simultaneously within the same world and trying to live together. Uh, It's a fantastic concept. The two seasons that I've seen so far have really likeable characters. Uh, There's not really a true antagonist until right at the end of the second season when you realise who it is. And again, I think they slightly cocked up a little bit in how the, the antagonist was quickly developed we we didn't know who it was until the second season and so there's this shadow around them and it's almost like we're meant to feel sorry for them in the second series but they didn't really make us feel sorry i kind of was like yeah let's just, let's just get rid of him he's not a very nice guy uh so you know let's just cut him off <laughs> but the rest of it again really good relationships between characters i love the idea of the rabbit and the wolf you know herbivore carnivore and the relationship they try to keep going throughout the show and it's just a really interesting concept that hasn't been done before and the animation style like i said it's very hard to describe but it's very different to anything i've seen before as well with the bigger eyes and the dark noses and and the backgrounds always have some sort of characteristic depending on the emotion as well so if it's relaxed you're in a garden or in a lunchroom and if it's like dark you're in an alleyway or you're outside of school grounds at nights at night nights. what am i are talking about point being is that there is something there for everyone there's a character to look to and it's very much so that they've captured the idea of different people resembling different types of animals so, uh, for instance, I would most likely be a Labrador. Uh, <laughs> and so in this case, you'd have the the very the ears pop up and the energetic and the big smile on the face. And, you know, you'd have different people representing a wolf, a little bit more quiet, a little bit more reserved. But when you make them angry, they get massive and, and attack. Uh, and then you've got the lions who are very aggressive and proud within their carnival ways so it's interesting no matter how you fling it so really they've nailed it on the head with a different character and and, and they sort of like animations there so Beastars, you've got invincible you've got uh what, what's the other one i went for from netflix i think it was uh the witcher oh yeah there's also Oat Studios, which is even that's that's an even weirder one. Oat Studios is for the is seven minutes long each episode, so very short episodes, and they were first created on YouTube, and they use the Unity system, which is a program that you can get on any uh, computer system that you can animate in or uh, program in, and you use C Sharp to develop. The animation movement and then you uh, use the animation you want within unity to be able to create a game or create a, anything you want and out studios uses unity to be able to build their animations and their animations have a very uh what i would call futuristic look to them so there's for instance an episode based around robots and the robots have wires that are thick and silvery and rings around them and oil leaking out of them and white masks as face with like uh, with dark eye holes with no pupils or anything like that and the around the sort of environment around them is desolate and uh, dark and dreary and lots of wind and sand very, very good in the sense of how they've created these worlds using something that we all have access to. This almost brings me back to why YouTube is so powerful, so beautiful, because it allows everybody a chance to be able to put forward some sort of creative content. And Oats Studios went from YouTube to Netflix and Netflix are the powerhouse at the moment so they can acquire talent like Oats Studios. So if you wanna get a nice taste of Oats Studios, look on YouTube, but also look on Netflix to be able to get a good, I feel like I'm a spokesperson for Netflix today, Jesus. I'm not being, I I hope I'm trying to show diversification here in in different, it's just that Netflix have gone out on a rampage over the past five years to show who's the big boy in animation uh, for English dubbed anime, even though that there are subtitles for other languages, it's just proven that they are uh, putting some real power into their budget when it comes down to producing big animations, so... Big up them. I do have a list uh, that I'm going to go through, but I'm realizing that I don't want to go on too much. Uh, But let's let's go through uh, a couple of them just off the top. Again, two of these are still on, uh, are still Netflix made. Blood of Zeus. Uh, So if you're a Greek mythology person, definitely look into that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, very, uh, you know, they're stretching the uh, mythological sort of uh, branding there. I don't know how far you can take it, but yes, it's it's interesting. Let's just put it that way. Give it a six or seven out of ten. Uh, Yaske is a black gentleman who's in Japan and is a warrior and he is he's uh, looking after a family of two and trying to get them from point A to point B and it's all about his adventures of trying to redeem himself as a Japanese warrior, uh, an outcast within Japan, which is really intriguing. I've talked about Beastars. There is Dota. Uh, again, six or seven out of 10. That's not the best of them, but it's still really interesting to watch. Uh, and it's very similar animation to uh, The Witcher, very similar animation to that, but it's based around dragons and magic. And uh, for those who know what Dota is, you'll enjoy it. Uh, I've got written down here Arslan, which is the um, animation, has one season on Netflix. It has on multiple other uh, platforms as well. And it's about around a guy who, is potentially the prince of this location within the Middle East. And it's all about how he uh, has to fight back for his throne because his father is dethroned and he is, like, kicked out of the city because, his like, all of his troops have been killed and he has to fight his way to recruit other people around him and return to the throne. And it's very interesting and I totally recommend it to anyone who wants to watch it. That's an 8 out of 10, in my opinion. Uh, so I've said Attack on Titan, League of Legends, Invincible, Castlevania, Blood of Zeus, Yasuke, Out Oat Studios, Beast Star, Dota, Arslan, uh, The Witcher, Knight of the Wolf, and finally, and this one is a weird one. I've heard people talk about this before, and. For me, it's, you know, I I can't believe I didn't blink an eye when I first watched it. But now that when someone else talks about something and you realize how strange it is when they say it, uh, you start to realize yourself. And that is Baki. Now, the season I watched was not the early 90s series of uh, Baki, which is very old school 90s anime where it's very much like a drawing uh, and very much less technologically advanced than the current one. The current Baki that I watched on Netflix is um, basically a kid who is the son of the strongest man on earth this and, and when i say the strongest man on earth i don't mean like in the physical terms of uh what we see today and being able to lift heavy stuff this guy can literally kill dinosaurs like in the show there is a a episode where this guy literally kills a prehistoric elephant that is the size of basically a skyscraper so he's so powerful that bullets bounce off him he's so powerful it's almost like he is superman that's like except he doesn't need a gun he doesn't need a sword he literally kills people with his fists like he's that powerful and the idea is that he's um so powerful that governments literally have his phone number to be able to help him out <laughs> and get some advice on it and the son is Baki and so he is the son of the, the the most powerful man on earth and the story goes of him trying to get powerful enough to be able to challenge his old man and to be able to fight him and so it's a really interesting show and the show starts off with six inmates escaping their prisons to be able to go to this contest to fight in and Baki happens to be one of the contestants who fight in this contest. Now there is some really strange scenes in this one of which that comes to mind is that in order for Baki to get stronger his father tells him that he needs to have sex with his girlfriend and until he does that he won't become even more powerful and so he gets beaten up by one of these uh, contestants from the show and so in order to gain more powerful his father literally watches him have sex with this character uh, with his girlfriend and then afterwards Immediately after he's done this, he's had the sex, he literally goes out and beats another character up and becomes even more powerful. It's one of the weirdest concepts I've ever seen in my life. One of the weirdest. Whoever wrote it was like clearly doing some sort of drugs and got away with it, too. Uh, I feel like this. uh, You won't get away with the two you meddling kids and your damn dog. Uh, it, It feels very strange to be able to think that they that the writers thought, hmm yeah father watching his uh, son have sex that sounds about right let's put that in the show go for it guys Japanese anime for you uh and so yes this is Japanese anime and it's uh, a very different animation style because of the how they do the hair and the muscles the hair's like wiry like they've just come out of Tarzan for god's sake and the insane everyone's everyone's absolutely ripped in the show everyone's absolutely jacked to the tits uh, and to be able to get there you just see like people lifting trees people lifting buildings people lifting cars like doing pull-ups and press-ups crazy crazy things and i one, i think one of them spits out bullets at one point uh, and literally shoots it back at the other per- person. So it's it, it's crazy, but it's definitely worth a watch. I would definitely give it a solid seven or eight out of ten. Uh, and uh, if if I hadn't been put off by the crazy scenes with this show, I think uh, I think I'd be much more advocating it to to other people. But it's definitely if you're intrigued into to mad anime, then Bucky's for you. So. I've given you so, a list of, of brand new anime and some of the old school ones at the, the original three. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please let me know. Uh, comment down below and uh, let me with, know whether you want a part two of this. If you're listening, ping me a message on all social media. I always place down my link in, in the below and let me know. If not, we'll move on to a different subject. I've always got new ideas. I've always got more stuff for you guys, to tell, for, for you to hear and for, for me to go through. So this has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I'll see you this time next week. Bye now.